following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. What's going on, church family? Come on, can you put your hands together for Jesus this morning? Yeah. Is anybody happy to be in church on Sunday? Is anybody really happy to be in church on Sunday? Come on. That's what I'm talking about. And you guys should have had multiple cups of coffee by now, perhaps Red Bull, C4, whatever. I don't know. But it's going to be a great day. It's our first service was awesome. The Lord showed up. Worship was fantastic. And I'm so excited to be able to preach God's word to you. We were singing uh, the, that final worship song, talking about the goodness of God. And I just... I got to thinking, um, really first service kind of started it for me, and then as we sang it again in second service, I just started thinking about the goodness of God over the years um, at Christian Life Austin, and I was looking out amongst the audience and just spotting people that, um, that just mean so much to the heart of this house, and I want to honor you today for just a moment. There are men and women in this room, and I'm not going to make you stand. You know who you are, um, who have, for those of you that don't know my story really quick, I'm, I'm a homeboy, all right? What I mean by that is I'm born and raised here in Austin, but even more importantly to me right here in this church. So I went to the Sunday school classrooms, the nursery that your kids are attending now. It looks a little bit different. It's changed a little bit over the years. The student ministry, I was a part of all of that. And this is the house that I say that built me, the, that built me into the man. Obviously, I, I have an amazing family that, that did that, but this church is what has put so much into me. But I got to looking around at the people, and there's people sitting in this audience. Y'all, I'm 38 years old, soon to be 39, and there's people in this audience that um, were here and have known me since I was just in diapers. And I got to thinking about, about you and how honored I am that you are still just the life of Christian life, Austin. And I honor your faithfulness. I honor your commitment to God. I honor your commitment to the house. There's, there's people that I grew up with in Sunday school 30 years ago that are in the house today that you're still committed to the cause of Christ and you're moving forward. I just, I want you to know that, that I honor every one of you and thank you for the impact that you've made in my life over the years. And we're gonna dive right into the word of God. We are we're wrapping up a series that Pastor Johnson started a couple weeks ago, uh, simply entitled Domesticated or Radical. And I like, this is so much fun. I love these, uh, these two words when we're talking about your faith. Do we have a domesticated, play it safe kind of faith? Or do we have just the crazy faith to believe that God can do anything, like the kind of faith that says, you know, it may seem impossible to everyone outside of my situation, but to the God that I serve, there is nothing that is impossible. What, what kind of faith do you have? And I think as we read back over the word of God, I think it was very clear, um, Jesus, his agenda for the, his first century followers, that they should be people who would have this amazing faith. And and I don't know, I, I use this word with my kids a lot, not necessarily in the faith context, but in life. I'm like, 
to Windsor, I'm like, bro, you got to get gritty. Like, I just, I just need you. I don't need you to like complain over one little thing. I, I tell my girls, listen, I, I know, I know you're emotional girls. I know you got that. God gave it to you. I know, but there's some times when I just need you to get a little grit in your life and just say, ah, I know there's some situations. I know there's some struggles and some trials, but we're just going to push through, right? And, and so it's the same type of faith. It's this, this gritty faith that says it may not, I may not know what it looks like. I may not know what the outcome is going to be, but I know God's got my back. And if he's got my back, I can walk through it. I can walk to it. And I think, <clears throat> I think we're talking about this type of faith that has been activated, that something has just been, boom, okay, here we go, it's been released. This is the type of radical faith that we're talking about. And if you'll allow me to just kind of step on your toes for, I hope you brought your steel toe boots today. <laughs> because I think if we're not careful that, that uh, in this day and age, it has been very easy for a lot of church people to reduce your relationship uh, with Jesus down to just believing in him. Now, it's necessary and you need to and you have to, but it doesn't, it doesn't stop there. You don't stop with just believing in him because Jesus would invite you to something even deeper. He would invite you into, into something that says, follow me. Believe in me, but that's just the beginning. Now, after you believe in me, I need you to follow after me. Believe in me. What does it do? Believe just, it resides right here in your head, doesn't it? That's where belief resides. And it's so much easier to just believe. It's safe to just believe. In fact, it's not very demanding at all to just believe. Believe in me doesn't require anything, really. It's an invitation to stay just the way that you are and to stay exactly where you are with no change required. But the type of faith, this radical faith that we're talking about today is a faith that rolls out of bed in the morning and says, I don't know exactly what it's gonna look like. What, I wonder, I, it's a faith that says, listen, I, oh, I wonder what I would believe today. I wonder what I, would, what I would speak in faith today. I wonder where I would go and what I would do and who I would have conversations with if I knew and I truly believed that my God was with me everywhere that I went. That's the kind of faith that when, you're, when your feet hits the floor in your bedroom, before you look in the mirror and see your hair going crazy and your breath all smelly, that it's a faith that says, oh, I can't wait to go to work. I can't wait to see the door that God opens for me to have a conversation about my faith. I can't wait to see what God does today as I walk in the doors of my school. The things, I can't wait to see the things I've been praying for come to pass. A crazy, radical faith. And I think if we took a poll in the room today, every one of us would say, oh, yeah, I want that. I want that radical faith. Whoa, sign me up. I don't want domesticated faith. No, why? I'm so sorry. But I think just because we have this desire to have radical faith, oftentimes we don't know how to get from desire to actually getting there. You know what I'm saying? Like we want it, but we don't know how to, to start walking in it and living it out. And, you know, I, my girls, I've got a, an older son and then two Two girls, Caroline is eight and 
Ellery is five, and they are into, I don't know if you have younger kids, but my girls are into making slime. Y'all, making slime, like for those of you that grew up in my era, like Nickelodeon slime, like for real, like that old school legit, they are making slime. We got slime in the carpet. We got slime on the walls. We got slime in the girl's hair and it makes daddy want to put the slime in the trash can. You know what I mean? Like that, this is the kind of slime, it's just, they love to make it. They love to watch people make it. I'm like, How, why, what's so, this is boring. This is awful. Like, why would you want to do this? I'm sure they love listening to my sports talk radio too in my car. Dad, why are you always talking about Texas? Why, I don't, just move on. We're not talking about them now. They're not doing very good. <laughs> Moving on, we got to keep going. I, but here's the phrase that they use all the time when, when you're making slime, right? I'll hear my, and it's so cute. I'll hear my girls talking back and forth. They say, okay, it's time to apply the activator. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, what's this? That sounds good. Now, I don't know what that means in regards to making slime, but I do know what it means in regards to your faith, is that there are some things in your life and in your spiritual life that if you will apply to your spiritual life, that it will help your faith move from a domesticated position and help you walk in this idea of radical faith where you can move from just believing that God can to actually walking it out and, and seeing him play out in your life. There's some activators that if you will put into your life and put into play, that will change the course of your life. They have the propensity to move us and shake us. And so for the rest of our time together today, I want to share with you these three activators that will help take you from domesticated faith to what we've been calling radical faith. Now, I have to warn you. Warning. This is the warning label. That what I'm about to share with you Many of you are going to say, wow, that is so elementary. I've heard this before. Why are you telling me this again? And I'm going to tell you why I'm telling you this again. Because far too many Christians that I know don't do them. I know, I know you've heard them but I want you to move from a place of believing them into a place of following, into actually doing them. Because here's what I know, is that it will unlock something in your faith life. It will, it will unleash this belief and this knowing that God is with you. Not that he used to be with you. Not that he was with your mama and your grandma. No, no, no. That he is with you. That he has your back. That he can do whatever it is that you need him. He is able and I want to unlock that in your life. Now, they seem so elementary. I, I told you I had to be completely clear with you up front. But they seem so elementary that some of us think that we can leave them out of our spiritual journey. And it will have no long-term effect on our spiritual health. For those of you, in just about a month and a half, some of you are going to go to the gym like you've never gone to the gym before. 
New Year's is coming, baby. Woo! It's a new year, a new me. Take, take that working out and eating healthy as an example. Don't you love those two combinations? Good grief. The older I get, the more that I understand that I can't lift my way out of a problem that I ate my way into. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can't, there's not enough bench press that I can do. If I eat bluebell 16 times a day, it ain't gonna do no good. Because it, you need both. You, you, you can't, see, if all I do is eat healthy and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to waste away, I'm going to have no strength when I get older. I, no, I need, I need some, some density, some ma- muscle mass. Yeah, what's up, bro? I need some of that. <laughs> but I also need to eat clean so that I can, I can you know, it can all, instead, I don't need to just get, I'm not trying to move a car, y'all. I'm just trying to stay in shape enough to play with my kids. But if I don't have both, I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay for it in the long term in my health. And it's the same thing spiritually. So where can these activators be found? And I'm going to tell you, this is going to be so, this is going to blow your mind. Oh, it's, you're going to be like, wow. You're going you're to use the emoji, you know, that mind-blown emoji. That's what's about to happen. They can be found in your personal, spiritual disciplines. Oh, it got quiet. That's Okay. I told you, I'm going to step on your toes, but I'm stepping on my toes too. Trust me. I'm right here with you in this battle. Isn't discipline a fun word? (laughs) Isn't it it just like when you hear that, you're like, oh, yeah. It's often a love-hate relationship that we have with this word discipline. We just talked about working out and eating healthy. Initially, I resist the idea of eating healthy. I really resist it all the time, let's be honest. But once I commit to it, and I do it, I look back and I'm so grateful. I'm like, man, that was awesome. Why didn't I do this sooner? Put the Oreo down, bro. Let's go. Pick up the celery. <laughs> no, I'm never picking up celery. That's a joke. That's awful. <laughs> Something different. But I never regret having good habits. I've never regretted discipline. I've never regretted waking up when I didn't feel like it, going to the gym, work. I just don't regret having good habits. Oh, I may resist it at first, sure, but I've never regretted a good habit. I wonder if you found this to be true as well, that what often begins as discipline ultimately becomes a habit that then moves to a lifestyle that is life-changing and life-preserving, whether that's eating clean or whether that's working out or whether that's coming home early from the office or whether that's uh, saving more and spending less money, whatever that looks like for you, whatever that discipline is for you, because here's what I've learned and I want you to get a hold of this today. It doesn't, doesn't make it easy, but it's so true. Discipline precedes progress. Discipline precedes progress. If you want to see progress in your life, it's going to take a degree of discipline. It's true professionally and personally and academically. It's true corporately and nationally. And discipline paves the way for prosperity, 
financially, relationally, and even physically and spiritually. So personal, spiritual disciplines are where these activators are found. So what is the first activator? Are you ready? Mind blown. Here we go. Activator is this. Personal God time. Pastor Brad, for real? Like I got up, got dressed, got my family here to hear personal God time. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'll tell you why, because I don't want you to answer this question. I just want you to think about it. How many times did you have personal God time this week? Don't, don't answer. Yeah, that's why I asked. That's why it's in here. Because <laughs> I know the answer. That it's not, it's not as much as you probably wanted or desired to have. But I'm telling you that if you will, we as believers have to spend time with our Heavenly Father. Now, let me take it a step further. We as believers have to spend time with our Heavenly Father outside of the church. Let me take it a step further. We can't keep blaming the church for our lack of spiritual progress. I told you I was going to step on some toes. Come on, there is, there is something, there has to be something in your life that says, you know what, I, I have a desire to get into the word of God. There is something that says, I, I gotta hide his word in my heart. I wanna know what's on the pages of his script. I wanna know what Jesus said. I wanna know what he thinks about me. I wanna know what he says about my family. I wanna know what he says about my future. You have to spend time with God, because these are the moments. These are the moments when you can hear the gentle whispers of God. Those are the moments when you learn his voice, when you learn how he nudges you and moves you and, and gives you directions. It, it's in those quiet moments with God where you start to distinguish his voice versus your voice and his will versus your will. The, you, you learn the promptings and the warnings and the encouragement and the discipline. Look what Matthew chapter six tells us. It says this, but when you pray, not if you choose to, if it's, no, no, he's, it's a non-negotiable. When you pray, Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen, and then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. But he didn't just instruct us. He modeled it for us. Luke chapter 5. Yet the good news about Jesus spread all the more. Jesus had just done some amazing things. Spread all the more so that crowds of people, he was very popular, lots of followers, crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sickness. Here's what I want you to catch. Jesus was a busy man. He had a lot of stuff going on. He was, he was moving from here. People wanted his attention. He wasn't like somebody that, that didn't have anything going on. No, no, no. This was a busy man wanted by a lot of people. But in spite of how important his work was, I know your work's important. I know my work's, I know it's, but I think his work was important. In spite of how important his work was, Jesus often withdrew 
to a lonely, quiet place. He got away from the loudness and, and he, he went and, and he prayed. He had, he had some time alone to pray and this wasn't the only time. Mark chapter 1, very early in the morning. Come on, Lord. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. I wonder if Jesus said, you know what? I know this day is going to be busy. I know, I know I'm going to have to walk and heal a bunch of people. I know there's going to be people that are vying for my attention. But he, I know, knowing all of that, I know that today I need to get up. I need to get up extra early. And I need to have some time alone. Jesus gave the first few minutes of his day to prayer. It's a discipline. It's a discipline. It's a moment where you get to acknowledge the greatness of your God. It's a moment where you get to say, Lord, I want your will to be accomplished today, not my will. I'm dependent on you. I surrender everything that I have to you. I know what's going to hit me during the day. I know what I'm going to walk into when I walk into the office, and I just want you to know that I give it to you before I even walk into it. it listen, if you, don't, if you don't spend personal time with God, if you don't have this personal God time, it's like walking through life with your hands tied behind your back and your feet bound. Yeah, you can do it. But it's just way more difficult. Sure, you can do it. Yeah, where do you want to go today? Let's go. Sure. Why would you do that? There's so much freedom in talking to God and knowing Him and knowing His Word. It doesn't bind you to read the Bible and, and follow and live a life after the word of God. No, it frees you. And there's so much freedom in having this, this personal, private time with your Lord, knowing him. The second activator that I think you and I need to, to put into our faith and watch it just go to a whole nother level. And I'm gonna be honest with you, um, this personal spiritual discipline may be just more personal than you would like me to be today. But years ago, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called The Tipping Point, and I've talked to so many people who have, who have applied this activator to their life, and it's what, they've watched their faith go to a whole nother level, a whole nother level. And it's the personal spiritual discipline of giving. I told you, coming in hot. <laughs> Tithing, percentage giving. What is it? It's deciding up front that I'm not just going to give when I see a need, but I'm going to pre decide to invest in what God is doing in our community and what He's doing in the world around us. And I think that as we talk about this for the next few moments and you think about this, I think you'll realize and come to the understanding that this is not even about money. This is not about money. No, no, no. In fact, it's about priorities. It's about our confidence in God. It's about our faith in God. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus would say this, and I love this. This is great. He says, hey, don't worry about what you're going to eat, drink, or what you're going to wear. Three things that most of us don't have to worry about, but the people that were hearing him, this was a very big deal to them. They were worried about this stuff. So, so what does that look like for you and I? Hey, don't worry about how your kids are going to get to college or get through college. 
Don't worry about how you're, you're going to get to retire. I know you got to work on it. I know you got to deal with it, but don't worry about it. Don't worry about that job. Jesus said, don't worry about that, to which we say, yeah, I'm going to need more than that, right? This is, this is our response. And Jesus, he knows our way of thinking before we can even get it out. And so he would respond like this. He says, hey, look, man, just pause. This is what pagans think about all the time. This is what they chase after and what they run after. This is what they're consumed with. And this is why this is a faith issue. Watch what he says in verse 32. He continues. He says, hey, your heavenly father knows that you need them. So here's my question to you. Do you believe that he knows what you need? This is why it's a faith issue. Do you believe that your heavenly father knows what you need? And here's the second part of it. Do you trust him to meet your needs? Do you believe? This is, this is the issue. Do, do you believe? Yeah, Pastor Brad, I believe that Jesus died for my sins and that I'm going to go to heaven when I die. Let, let me ask you this question. How hard is it to trust God for something that you have no control over? It's really not that difficult because it doesn't require anything from you. You have no control over it anyways. It's why some people only pray in a crisis, right? It's when you can't solve it, when you can't fix it. Okay, God, I've run out of my resources, so now I'm gonna choose to trust you. Now I'm going to choose to believe that you can step in and do it. And God's like, man, I got so much, I got such a better plan for you. Like, you don't have to wait until everything goes bananas to put your trust in me. Why don't you do this all the time? Why don't you start putting your trust in me and your faith in me and start following me? Let's, let's start now and let's do this. Until you're, with, till you're with me one day in heaven. I, I want to invite you into this life of trusting in me. And Jesus says this, but seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Giving is a discipline. It's a faith thing. Why? Because it involves letting go of what we're most inclined to put our confidence in. Outside of God, Jesus says, hey, this is the word he uses. You can't have two masters. You will either hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. It's just the way that it is. And my guess is that the struggle for most of us in the room is not, am I going to serve God or am I going to serve the devil? That's probably the, the large majority. That's not our battle. But here's the battle. Am I going to serve God and trust him with every aspect of my life, not just the ones that are convenient to me? I think that's more of the struggle that you and I deal with. Am I going to trust God with my financial security? Because that's where I seem to put a lot of my hope because I know what's coming down the road and I know... And I, 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 He knows, he knows, 
He knows that in most cases, the number one contender for our loyalty is our financial security. And he said, trust me with that. It's a part of following, not just believing. Trust me with that. It's about surrender. It's about follow. And as I come to a close, here's the third, and I'll hasten through this. The third activator that if you want to move your faith from a place of domestication to a place of radicalism. Just, ah. It's the personal, spiritual discipline of corporate worship. Now listen, don't, don't take this the wrong way. I understand what our country is coming out of right now, and there's literally people that have underlying health issues that cannot come to church because of what's going on. And I understand that. And I am sympathetic to that, empathetic with that. And I, I'm not in any means talking about that. I understand that. But I will tell you this, I am talking to everyone who are making everything else a priority except for church. And listen, I'm not, I'm not, hey, I'm not, I'm not bashing anybody. This is not what that is about. This is coming from the most loving place that it can come from but I'm telling you there is just something something that happens when we get together and we worship the king of kings and the lord of lords together there, it just you can't really put a finger on it you can't say oh this is I, I don't know exactly no no no, no. There's, just, there's something that happens and it's not, it's not about the building. No, I've had so many people that since they've been coming back from the pandemic, they just, they just walk in and they don't even get into the church, but they just, they feel, oh man, it just feels good to be here. It's, oh, just something, man. oh! Like that, I'm like, yeah, come on, let's go. Woo, I'm with you. It's not the church building that you missed. It's a new church building. You don't even know what to miss. It's not the preaching that you missed. You can, you can get online and watch the best preaching in the world. Not same thing with the worship. Yeah, the worship's great, but you can hear the best worship all over the country. And you're crazy if you listen to worship outside of here because this is the best in the world, I'm telling you. <laughs> Pastor Randy's amazing. But you know what you missed? You missed that feeling that you get when you walk into the building and you feel the presence of God with your brothers and sisters and people that aren't perfect, but they're moving in the same direction and you're like, oh man, I just, I don't even, I just love the way you love the experience of being in the house of God together. There's just something special that happens when we gather corporately, and I know it doesn't sound like a personal discipline, but it is. This is just like the working out and eating clean, but on a much deeper level. It's not either or. It's not I just have my, my prayer time, my alone time with God, and woo, I'm going to make it. Oh, okay, you might. But you're not going to be as healthy as God has intended for you to be because you need both. You need the spiritual, quiet, disciplined time with God, but you also need the corporate worship with other believers. 
And you can't leave one out and think that it's not going to have an effect on your spiritual health long term. Matthew says where two or three gather in my name. This is what Jesus is saying. I will be right there in the midst of them. When we gather together in the name of Jesus, I just might experience the presence of God in a way that I couldn't experience on my own. That when we get together, there's just something different. There's an experience that, that happens that I may not be able to experience on my own. So that's why every Sunday and every Wednesday I get so excited that I get together with you and you and you and you and you and you. and Because his presence is right there in the midst when we gather together. It goes beyond learning stuff and growing together. It's about an experience in his presence because when we gather, I becomes we, and there's something special when we worship together. 1 Corinthians says, now, now you, talking talking to a group of people, right? He's not talking to a specific person. So Texas, it could say, now y'all. <laughs> now y'all are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. There is an aspect of the Christian life that I cannot experience apart from you. I tore my ACL my senior year in high school. Before I tore my ACL, I didn't even know what my ACL was. <laughs> I didn't even know that I had an ACL. But after, I tore, after my ACL was not functioning properly, I understood and I knew that I needed my ACL to function properly so that the whole body could function properly because I couldn't walk. There was a year recovery process involved after the surgery because one little part of my body that I didn't even know existed was not functioning properly. Can I tell you, I need you. I need you, I need you, you need them, you need each other. We need each one of us functioning properly because we are all the body of Christ. And you may not think you matter, you may not think your personal spiritual discipline matters, you may not think that your giving matters, you may not think that your cor corporate worship matters, but can I tell you, you are a part of the body and when you don't function properly, when you're not as healthy as you need to be, when I'm not as healthy as I need to be, it affects the body. Would you stand with me? Here's what I've learned. And if you don't remember anything else I've said from our time together today, I want you to remember this. Spiritual disciplines compounded over time bring about radical faith personal spiritual discipline compounded over weeks and months and years just being disciplined just being consistent doing the little things doing the the small things that you may not think really matters but when you compound that over time you're going to start to see a snowball that's rolling down the hill that's gaining steam and you would have said hey a year ago I didn't even know God could do it but I'm so far into it now that I can't wait to get the doctor's report because my faith is crazy my faith is no longer domesticated but it's radical, and I believe God for the impossible. So here's your homework today. 
and I wouldn't ask you to do something that I or our team have not been doing for years. I challenge our team with this all the time. One month. One month. Because spiritual disciplines compounded over time bring about radical faith. One month. I wonder if you could give God the first of your day. I wonder if you could give God your first fruits, the first of your income. And I wonder if you could give him the first of your week. Personal spiritual disciplines compounded over time bring you to a place of thinking and believing and following that says, God, you're amazing. Some of us used to believe it, but if you don't believe it like you used to believe it, I would... I have a small part of me that says you've stopped doing these little elementary things because you thought that they didn't have any long-term spiritual effect on your spiritual health. Get back to the basics for one month. One month. Try it with me. I try it every month because I found that it works. That's why we can stand up here and preach and believe for miracles. That's why we can, st- we can have Freedom Conference in a few weeks and believe that people are going to be delivered for some crazy things. It's why we can see people baptized by the power of the Holy Spirit and water baptized. It's not something that we just stand up here. No, we believe that the God that we serve is able to meet every single one of our needs. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in the room today and you would say, Pastor Brad, you know what, over wasn't intentional but over maybe years maybe months my faith has been domesticated <laughs> and I'm tired of it man I just I want something new I want something fresh I want something more and I will commit I will commit to God to give him the first of my day the first of my income and the first of my week nobody looking around I just want to know who to pray for. If that's you, would you just slip your hand heavenward? If you're already doing it, slip your hand heavenward. That's fine. I'm going to pray that God would give you strength and courage to fight through, to have that gritty faith. (laughs) To come to church when you don't feel like it, when you're tired, but Saturday night was late. You got to get up and bring the kids. But no, 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 we're going to go. I committed to a month because over time, Small spiritual disciplines compounded over time brings about radical faith. I'm going to give God the beginning of my day. I'm going to do it. I'm going to commit to you, Lord. I got I to gotta know you in an intimate way. I want to know your voice versus my voice and my will versus your will. Lord, I'm going to give you my first fruits. I'm going to sow into your kingdom. God, I know it, it's a big leap of faith because sometimes I don't know how the bills are going to be paid, but I'm going to trust you that you know exactly what I need. And I'm not just going to believe it in my head, but I'm going to walk it out and trust you with my faith. So, Lord, I pray right now for all of my friends that are watching online, all my friends that are in the room today, that said, Lord, I'm I'm just going to step out in faith and just see what happens if I put these activators into my life and I apply them to my faith. Lord, I pray on on the good days that you would bless them. I pray on the days where it seems a little difficult, I pray that you would give them courage and strength to see this through, Lord. Because we are not 
We're not looking for domesticated faith in this day and age. We need to match with our faith what the world is bringing against us. We need to bring a radical faith into the workplace, a radical faith into the schools, Lord. And it's going to take getting back to the basics, doing the small elementary things over time and watch you come through in a mighty way. Bless us as we honor you with everything that we have. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. amen. Come on, can you put your hands together for the Lord today? Come on, can you give him a hand clap of praise? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Wow. Hey, thank you for being in church today. Enjoy the rest of your beautiful Sunday. And we'll see you right back here in the house on Wednesday night. God bless you.